feel like this is fixing a virgin to somewhere uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear about what kind of porn I like? What? I'm really okay. Thanks, though. I appreciate it. Oh. Now that we've discussed porn, are you ready to discuss murder? <laughs> Like, you have to keep that in there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've discussed porn, are you ready to discuss murder? I'm ready. (sighs) Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Fantastic. Why? Why are you fantastic? (laughs) I feel like this is a repeat. We're on a loop here. (laughs) (laughs) okay hey guys i'm kelly and i'm ashley and welcome to a date with murder about this case last night i watched um what mm-hmm. it's a good story bro thanks bros i watched a couple of uh youtube thing where'd you see the mo- oh mind of monster id it was an id documentary i watched it on discovery plus last night all right guys so today's case is from August, or actually, this one's once again a little bit different. What? <laughs> I'm start. I'm start. Hold on. I'm gonna start it all over. Sometimes words start to come out of my mouth, and then my mouth is like, nope, not those. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put these here instead. <laughs> and my brain's like, no, that's not what what's happening. And no, thank you. <sighs> okay. So today's case is once again a little bit different. We are covering a serial killer today, so that means he's got more than one victim. Um, but his first victim was murdered, or his first confirmed, confirmed victim, we should say, um, was murdered on August 10th, 1985. Um, he was a serial killer working in L.A. starting in the 80s, and then he took a sabbatical, which is what caused him to be dubbed the Grim Sleeper. And then he continued killing after his break until his arrest in 2010. And then, like I said, his first confirmed victim was murdered on August 10th, 1985. Anything? Good? I always like to, like, no, yes. (laughs) I always just like to wait and see if there's anything you want to, like, add. No. Because it's really hard to edit when we're talking over each other, which happens a lot. (laughs) Well, what do you mean, though? (laughs) But it's mostly me. Like, you'll start talking, and then I'll just, like, bulldoze over you. (laughs) Sounds about right. Right? All right. Yeah. Lonnie David Franklin Jr., who was later named the Grim Sleeper, was born in South Central Los Angeles on August 30th, 1952. He was married for over 30 years to his wife, Sylvia, and they had two children who were named Christopher and Crystal. Franklin's interactions with police began in 1969 when he was just 16 years old and he was arrested for auto theft. As time went on, he was also arrested for many other things, such as burglary, firearms, possession of stolen property, misdemeanor assault, and misdemeanor battery. So he's a real winner. Yay! Um, Yay! (laughs) Continuing on with this great path he was on, um, on July 24th, 1975, he was given a dishonorable discharge from the United States Army. 
um, he received that after he was released from prison. I don't know why they discharged somebody who was released from prison. That's rude. Right? So why was he in prison? He was arrested and convicted for gang raping a 17-year-old girl in Germany with two other servicemen he was stationed with. The three men stopped and asked the young lady for directions, and then they offered her a ride. She eventually accepted, and when she was finally in the car, one of the men held a knife to her throat. They drove her to a field and raped her repeatedly. One of the men even took photos, and this is something that seemed to stick with Franklin, um, because during his reign of terror, he took photos while raping his victims as well. So, he was caught because the young lady acted as if she was interested in Franklin. She went as far as to ask for his phone number, and he gave it to her. She took it with her to the police, and this is how they caught him. So, she's a queen. Poor girl that she had to do that, but oh my gosh, she she is a queen. (laughs) So many things here. Uh, that was a, that I can't, oh, oh okay, you go, go. So many things. Th- yeah. So, one, if this happened to me when I was 17, you know, like, three military people offering me a ride while I'm walking, I would have been like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're. I feel like a lot of people would have. They're, you know, they're in uniform. They're the military. They're, yeah, you're supposed, yeah. They're supposed to protect, you know. Yeah, or like if, same thing if it was like three cops right. or something like that, somebody that that's their job. Yeah, I would have been like, okay, like I wouldn't have questioned getting in the car. Oh yeah, know, I mean the, nothing against her at all. That's, I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing, to do. And then, and then, two, dudes are so dumb. Like, uh, mm. he did this, and she was trying to i guess help catch them or or whatever yeah and right he gave her his phone number like yeah dudes are dumb as shit yeah the sad thing is though is that he kind of learned from this and after raping his victims yeah. in the future he killed them yeah so i didn't even think about that yeah that poor girl. Uh, that oh, that poor girl. She was seventeen. Seventeen years old. Oh, that is just. I can't even. Oh, that is just awful. I can't even imagine. Dude, dudes are the worst. They are. They are the absolute worst. Not all dudes. Sorry. I guess we should say that not all dudes, but the guys we seem to talk about. <laughs> That's not true. We talk about some really great guys too. Remember two bobs and a Greg. Oh yeah, holla. But. This guy is the worst. And the two he was with are apparently the worst also. Yeah, and I couldn't really find any anything on them. Like if, you know, like I don't even know how long he was in prison or, or whatever. It was obviously less than 10 years. Right. Which is Ugh. crazy to me. I can't me. even. I cannot even. That is a whole another episode just talking about that. This is why this is why women don't come forward. Absolutely, that's why we don't come like, forward. What's the point? We're not believed. Even even if we are believed, somehow it's our fault. They don't get punished. <sighs> Sorry, I'm trying not to get heated because I know this is one of your hot button topics. I'm gonna let you get mad this time. <laughs> I'm good. You're welcome. <sighs> but what the what the hell, yo? Like for real. 
I just sorry. It's my angry voice. All right. We're just now getting to the main the main story here. So this all of this has already happened. And then now we're talking about our, our main main date here. Our first victim, Deborah Jackson, who was a cocktail waitress and a mother who was twenty nine. She was found August tenth, nineteen eighty five. She had been shot three times in the chest and left in an alley. On August twelfth, nineteen eighty six, thirty four year old Henrietta Wright was found dead from two gunshot wounds to her chest under a mattress oh, under a mattress in Hyde Park. On January tenth of nineteen eighty seven, twenty three year old Barbara Ware was found shot in the chest in an alley in the south central LA area. And then in Gramercy Park on April fifteenth, nineteen eighty seven, twenty six year old Bernita Sparks was found in a dumpster with one gunshot wound to her chest. And again, in the same park, just a few months later, on November 1st, 1987, Mary Lowe was found with one gunshot wound to the chest, too. So, moving on 1988, we're still dealing with the same stuff here. Um, we got January 30th of that year, 22-year-old Lucretia Jefferson was found in Westmont with two bullet wounds to her chest. On September 11th, 1988 in Vermont Square Alice Alexander who was only 18 at the time was found also with two bullet wounds to her chest and that documentary that I was talking about the one that I just watched last night on ID um, they talked to a lot of these people's family members and it is so heartbreaking I would imagine so like they talked to Alice Alexander's dad and her brother and it's just ugh. they talked to I know they talked to Deborah Jackson's son. Ugh, it's just, it's so, you know, he's got, I think, was it 10 confirmed victims and more they're still investigating that might be his? Yes. But then you think about the other people who were victimized. The other people yeah, it's who not, were victimized. Yeah, it's not just them. It's, it's not just the people that die. It's the people that are left behind, too. Still alive, yeah. Oh, okay. Bomb, bomb. <laughs> so this is the mid to late eighties in LA. So it was, it was it was not a great time to be in LA. Crack cocaine and major violent crime was happening in the area a, a lot. Um, the police force was overloaded. That's probably part of the reason why it took the police three years to start linking up these killings and making a connection. But it also probably has something to do to the fact that the serial killer was targeting women of color and marginalized people like addicts and sex workers. <laughs> yes. Um, they realized that there was a serial killer who was targeting black women. Um, there were chronic drug, drug users and sex... For heaven's sakes. Words are so hard. <laughs> words are hard. Um, they realized there was... A, <coughs> <laughs> Me too, girl. Same. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Hey. Right. They realized there was a serial killer who was targeting black women that were chronic drug users and sex workers. In September of 1988, police went to the media and public looking for help and discussed the case at a press conference. After that press conference, a local activist, Margaret Prescott, criticized the LAPD. 
she claimed that they that they should have been they should have warned the public sooner about a serial killer and that they were not taking the cases seriously because the killer was targeting young black poor drug using women um um Prescott said the police were preoccupied with the Night Stalker case because he was attacking women in upscale areas of L.A. and San Francisco. So can, we get, can we get both at the same time? Or is that not a thing? We can't stop them both? No. Just, just one at a time? Yeah. What's it? What's it um, what's, I want to say tiers. Well, not tiers. Uh, levels. Okay. What's the word I'm looking for? I wish that I knew. <laughs> why can't you read my mind though what are you talking about like priority levels <clears throat> sure or like white you know white privilege Like oh thing. yeah absolutely yeah Night Stalker was going after white people mostly that's not true he attacked some because he was the weird one that went after basically anybody he could get his hands on so I have a question uh <laughs> so I couldn't really find anything. I mean, obviously, because there was no other survivors. But how he got the other women in his car, if they were sex workers, was he hiring them or? Um, They didn't really say in the documentary that I watched. Um, Oh, I have to tell you, I have to say something. Okay. So, I'm going to say this really quickly. Sorry, I meant to add this in the documentary because this was not in your notes. And I don't know if it was something that, like, they, doc- they just released in the documentary and it wasn't released before. So, um, so after Barbara Ware, that's when they knew that the killers were, I mean, that's when they knew that the murders were linked, but they didn't tell anybody in the community. She was the third known victim. So, it took them, um, one, two, three four more before they told anybody about it so that's bull okay this is ridiculous i feel like i feel like you're looking right into my soul right now and i'm afraid you're gonna yell at me no i'm not because this was one of those stories i heard and i went what okay so on january 10th 1987 which was when barbara ware was murdered January 10th, 1987, there was an anonymous call to police to report a body that had been shot. Um, the person who called saw the van with a license plate number and called and reported it and said that he saw a body. He threw something on top of it. He knew the license plate number. The police got there, followed the um, license plate, was registered to a nearby church. It was a, a church van. They found the van at the church. The engine was still warm. There were tire tracks in the alley that didn't match the van. And there was no blood in the van. So then they started to look at that call. The alleyway was dark. There was no lights in that alley. And the plate, so on the back of the van, it was one of those with the ladder that comes down. It covered the Uh license plate. There's no way he could have seen the license plate. It was... It was, they think it was uh, the killer calling to like, <gasps> throw him off. Yeah. So what he, one of the things he says in that, or he said in that call was she, the 911 dispatcher asked who this was. And he said, oh, no, 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 I can't tell you that. Laughing. Oh, no, 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 I can't tell you that. I know too many people. 
when he was interrogated, Lonnie Frank, uh, Lonnie Franklin was interrogated later, like after he was caught. He says basically the same thing. I know a lot of people. Um, yeah. So they think it was him because there's no way he could have seen that license plate. Wow. And he uh, had the license plate perfectly, but when they asked him to describe the attacker, he couldn't like describe a single thing about him. Yeah. He, and then he ended the call, the 911 call with, okay, then bye-bye. It's like, sir, if you're going to be, if you're going to pretend to be like a panic citizen, could you play it up a little bit? Panic? Yeah, right? <laughs> could you like panic or be a citizen? Like maybe? No. Anyways, wow, I thought that was a really crazy. insane story. That yeah. is. Yeah. What a douche. Ow. So I told you I wanted, I had something to say, mm-hmm. like for this one. Here's my thing. I 100% believe that sex work should be legal. All sex work should mm-hmm. be legal. Okay. So if they have, you know, sex workers out on the street and things, you know, happen to happen. them, they have a, yeah, it's a high risk lifestyle. But if it was legal, it could be monitored and right like as long as the girls or or guys or others are (laughs) i mean um like they can get you know tested for stds um you know be like kept safe like have security and bouncers and and things like that and things won't happen to these women people and and if something does happen to them they don't have to be afraid to go to the police that they're going to be the ones arrested for being sex right. workers. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just <sighs> safer. It's going to happen anyway. So can we find a way to legalize it so we can keep people safe? Right. And who cares? Like, who can say, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't charge money for that. Huh? It's, all of this is mine. This is I all can. mine. Yes, I can. This belongs to me and nobody else. I can do what I want with it. Mm, preach, girl. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? Yeah, like, I agree. How can... How can they police our bodies? Yes. Like, this realization just hit me just now, and I am... I am hot. Like, sex work and rape and, and things like that are... that's. And I mean, sex work is honestly the oldest profession in the world. Like, right? Can we can we just legalize it? Figure out some way to keep everybody safe because people are doing it anyway. Because I would kind of want to do it if that was the case. Get him, girl. I think I'd be good at it. Franklin's sex victim, thirty-year-old Anitra Washington, would come back to haunt him, though. Yes. And this makes me so happy. She told police how Franklin pulled up beside her in an orange Ford Pinto, huh? On November nineteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. That's that was almost your birthday. Yeah, I was one years old. Oh, I turned one that day. And, um, what just happened? <laughs> I'm like, oh, but when's my birthday though? <laughs> It's not relevant right now. (laughs) 
But when's my birthday, though? What? It's May 15th. What? May 15th, 1988. Um. <laughs> so old. Um. <laughs> okay. She told police how Franklin... Wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is happening? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I was confused. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm starting over. Okay. Mind your business. She told police how Franklin pulled up beside her in an orange Ford Pinto on November 19th, 1988 and offered her a ride. At first, she declined the offer, but then Franklin yelled at her saying, that's what's wrong with you black women. People can't be nice to you. Huh? What? What a douche. I hate dudes. After his persistence, the and what the I don't think I wrote this right. After his persistence, the banter they shared, and she admitted she felt sorry for him. She finally accepted the rod. I don't see how she felt sorry for him. So after he got her in the car, they were friendly for a little while, for a few minutes, and then as she started, as he started to um, take her to the party, apparently he turned the wrong way. And she said that's when he changed, like a flip was switched. He said he called her the wrong name, but she didn't say what name he called her. Um, he accused her a of... A flip do- was switched? Is that what I said? Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. A switch was That flipped? doesn't... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I don't know, but it doesn't sound right. Yeah, I'm just going to not use that phrase then, because now I don't know which one's right. Flip. I think it's a switch was flipped. I think I said it backwards. (laughs) That happened. A switch was flipped. A switch was flipped. A flipped was switched. (laughs) (laughs) It's contagious. We are smart. I promise we are. You can't read anymore either. That's, I don't have it written word for word. I just sort of have like the bullet points. <laughs> so that was straight off the top of my head. Nailed it. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So she said after he got her in the car, he was supposed to turn one way to go to a party. He turned the wrong way. And he, she said that's when he changed. He called her by the wrong name, accused her of dogging him out. Um, she wanted to get out and he wouldn't let her. And then all of a sudden she said, she thought, wait, what happened? Um, she reached for the door and he said, if you reach for that doorknob, bitch, I'll shoot you again. So she didn't even realize she had been shot the first time. Oh my God. Yeah. So at this point she's been shot one time. He's threatening to shoot her again. She asked to go to the hospital and obviously he refused. So at this point she blacked out. Um, he ca- she came to as he was taking the pictures that we mentioned earlier. He took pictures of all his victims. And while she was passed out in the car, um, he was taking pictures of her. And the flash woke her up. She passed out again. And she woke up with him on top of her. He oh, was right bigger. Yeah, I know. Um, so she reached for the doorknob. I don't think he realized that she was awake. She reached for the doorknob, opened the door. And he pushed her, and she fell out of the car. So I don't know if he... It, it wasn't clear if he knew she was alive, but she fell out of the car. And she... As she fell out, she managed to look around to see where she was and recognize the area and managed to make her way to her friend's house where 
Um, her friend, obviously, when she saw her freaked out, they called 911. Apparently, when she took her to the hospital, when she was taken to the hospital, her rib cage is what helped to deflect the bullet from going into her heart. Oh, my God. So, this woman is a queen. <laughs> um, she was able to give a good description of him, which is... Um, if you look up this case, you'll see composite drawings, and this is from her description of him. She said he was black in his 30s, 5'8 to 5'10, about 160 pounds, soft-spoken and articulate with neatly trimmed hair and a pockmarked face. He was well-groomed and neat and tidy, kind of geeky. And in the documentary, like I said, she now has blue hair, so she's fabulous. I love her. She is fabulous. Bless her little heart. I can't even... Oh. No. It almost feels yeah. like I'm suffocating when I think about it. Yeah. That is just terrifying. <sighs> okay. It was after this that Franklin is believed to have taken a sabbatical. He supposedly went dormant for about 13 years. But there's... They're, yeah, they're pretty sure he didn't. Yeah. There's probably m more that just... Yeah. There's at least six that they're pretty sure he did. Yeah, I saw that. Um... Yeah, I I don't think that he and I don't think that he stopped murdering in those 13 years that he did they he didn't or whatever. Hold on, that didn't make sense. How do I want to phrase this? You so, don't think he was I don't, taking a break. I do Sorry, not think he was taking a break. No. I I think he was continuing to rape and kill unless um with her description of him and stuff like that it freaked him out and he got scared and was like oh crap maybe i should lay low for a while it wasn't until the body of 15 year old princess berthamu was found on march 19th 2000 what was found on march 19th 2002 that police believed the grim sleeper was back she was found having been raped and strangled in, in inglewood then on july 11th 2003 the body of 35 year old Valeria I also saw it as Valerie too so I wasn't 100% sure on her name um, McCorvery was found just like Princess in Westmont now did he move on to strangulation because of like the improvement on ballistics testing or did he get rid of the gun well like, according like when he was arrested there were guns in, in his possession like he had guns in his house so I don't know why Maybe he, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I mean, my sort of theory, and I have absolutely no proof of this, is that after he um, shot Anitra and she survived, he switched things up. But then right, he, I that's think he, he shoots, uh, I think, um, his, the last, his victim, last victim. Or his last yes. confirmed victim, yeah. So I don't know. Um, and then bad timing actually calls law enforcement to miss an opportunity to catch him. So, Franklin was convicted of a felony in 2003. And he was supposed to serve three years of probation. And just a year later, Proposition 69 was passed. I still can't get it. <laughs> you were so close to being able to say 69 without giggling. So close. One day you'll be a real grown-up. <laughs> but today is not that day. Today is not the day. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is where I work with dudes all day. Um, this, so Proposition 69 requires that DNA must be collected from all felons and everyone arrested on some specified charges. So, like, only some misdemeanors require DNA to be taken, but all felons, all of their DNA is supposed to be taken. His DNA should have been collected and entered into the system, but the probation department did not start having the resources for this until August of 2005, when Franklin was already off of probation. So, because of this, he was able to rape and shoot 25-year-old Janisha Peters on January 1st, 2007 in Gramercy Park. And she is his last known confirmed victim. Stuff like this always makes me mad. And I know that, uh, you know, people, when they're implementing stuff like that, it just takes time. It just has to take time. And I get it. But when you think, it just makes me so upset to think that if they had been able to get this in faster, she could be alive today. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, the DNA from Janisha was linked to other murders dating back to 1985, which was Deborah Jackson was the first one. This sparked the LAPD to form a secret tax- task force in 2007 named... Let me say all that again because all those <laughs> words were... <laughs> not quite right. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> Nailed it. Because I, I wanted to laugh at the first one. I was like, no, she's fine. And then the second one, I was like, oh, okay. Nailed it. And then there's the third. <laughs> I can't wait to get my award. Your reading award? My speaking award. Mm. Okay. All right. This sparked the LAPD to form a secret task force in 2007 named the 800 task force i don't know okay i don't um, know <laughs> it was overseen by the robbery homicide unit and consisted of six detectives this was when the media caught wind of the story and created the name grim sleeper um so no one really kind of cared until he had a nickname so those are double-edged swords for me the nicknames for serial killers like it's always good to get people talking about it especially if he's still out there, but I feel like it makes them feel so cool. Like, oh, yeah. You think? Yes. Yeah, because a lot of them name themselves. Like Son BTK, of Son of Sam, Zodiac. Like, yeah. they name themselves. <coughs> Boys are dumb. Boys are dumb. Okay. It wasn't until 2010 that there was a breakthrough in the case. They couldn't find an exact DNA match in their database, but they were able to find familial DNA. Um, Franklin's son's Christopher, Franklin's son Christopher, was convicted of a felony weapons charge in 2008, and they took his DNA, which was obviously somewhat similar to the murderers. They knew Christopher was too young to have committed the murder, so they began to look at his father, Lonnie Franklin. Um, and Christopher was in the documentary I watched. It's so sad. I feel so sorry for him. I mean, he was a felon, though. Yeah, but, like, he grew up stealing cars with his dad. Oh, yeah. Like, he never had a, I, I don't, you know, I always feel so, uh, he never had a chance. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. 
Um, and he was so, he said in the documentary, he was like, I felt so guilty that they had my DNA because my dad was caught. But then on the other hand, he's a serial killer. He needs to be behind bars. Oh. So can you just, <sighs> yeah, it's so sad. Just, I hate, <laughs> just stop killing people. Can we just stop killing people, please? <laughs> but then what would we do though? I don't, there's plenty. We're in the past. Like we could stop from this point on and we're good. Can we, no more. Are we though? We're done. July 17th, 2021. It was the last day. Cut off. You're mm. done. No more. <sighs> so wait, so you want people okay. to keep being murdered so we have a job? No. I mean, I guess we still got plenty to go off of. That's what I'm saying. We do, we do murders in history. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Horrible human being. Okay. Jeez. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so. According to District Attorney Steve Cooley, detectives used DNA from a discarded piece of pizza to make a match. Um, so this was actually pretty funny. So they were um, following Lonnie around. I'm going to call him Franklin because that sounds too, like, friendly. So they were following Franklin around. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I hate the dude. He's trash. So they had... <laughs> Stop. I'm trying to start over. Sorry. Go ahead. All right, so they were following Franklin to see what he was doing. Apparently, he went to a children's birthday party at a pizza place. And so <laughs> that's what he was doing. So oh, okay. one of the detectives decided to go undercover as an employee, and he became a busboy and collected the utensils, and they discarded food <laughs> from this dude. Oh, I love him. I know. <laughs> He's the um, best. Yeah, he was a winner. So they used the DNA from a discarded piece of pizza to make a match. So... um the detective who was the head of the 800 task force, D- D- Detective Dennis uh, Kilcoin, he was in the... What? He was in the documentary. He's awesome. Like, I'm a big fan. What's his last name? I think it's Kilcoin. That's how he says it. I think. <laughs> Kilcoin? Kilcoin? Cone? Kilcoin? Please tell Cone? me he's British. He's not. He's American. Um, anyways, he was in the documentary, so... They were waiting, you know, on the DNA match to see if it was, um, Frank, if it matched, like, Franklin and the killer were a match before they could go search his home. And he said he was waiting for the call, and he went into work at, like, 3 a.m. one morning because he couldn't sleep and got a... <laughs> he said, I didn't even get a phone call. I got a text message from the lab director, which was pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, he's adorable. I was like, this detective already knew he was going to be in a documentary and he wanted to have a better story. <laughs> yes, 100%. All right. So anyway, so after the DNA was matched, they searched Franklin's home and found thousands of photos and videos in his possession. 180 of these photos were released to the public by the LAPD in hopes of finding out the identity of the women in the pictures. They were worried about how the photos would be taken by the public, considering that a lot of the women were partially nude and were in sexually graphic poses. So the detective, uh, who was the head of the 800, 800 task force, Dennis Kilcoin, I think that's how you say his name, um, he said, we are just trying to do what is right and decent. We are very cognizant of not causing embarrassment or anguish to the people depicted in the photographs. 
After releasing the photos, police chief Charlie Beck said, these people are not suspects. We don't even know if they are victims, but we do know this. Lonnie Franklin's reign of terror in the city of Los Angeles, which spanned well over two decades, culminating with almost a dozen murder victims, certainly needs to be investigated for further. And one of the photos that they found was, the fi- was a picture of Anitra in the car with blood on her chest. So, like, not, there's definitely no denying it. No. Isn't that terrifying to have something happen to you that you can't remember and then, you know, 20 years later, find a pic- they find a picture of it? Or a video or something or, like uh, that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hate people. Yeah. Same. Okay. So, on July 7th, 2010, 57-year-old Franklin was finally arrested at his home in South L.A. after officially making DNA matches. Huh. Yeah. Okay, on July 7, 2010, 57-year-old Franklin was finally arrested at his home in South L.A. after officially, after, that's not what I want to say, at his home in South L.A. after DNA matches officially linked him to several of the murders. Nailed it. Prosecutors charged him with 10 counts of murder and one count of attempted murder, and he was held without bond. In November of 2011, it was announced that the LAPD was considering Franklin as a suspect in six additional murders of female victims after reviewing hundreds of old case files. Two of those victims, or two, mm-hmm. numbers and words, ugh. Ugh. two of those six victims were killed during his lapse in murders. Franklin's trial began on February. <laughs> why do we have a february every single case the word february pops up <laughs> every single case the word that february. word is like our nemesis well your nemesis i had no trouble Yours? spelling it correct on the first time see um, as an elementary school teacher it's my job to be able to spell all the months oh and no. that's it that was the only qualification <laughs> <laughs> i can never be a teacher though <laughs> That's fine with you. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Too many kids. Ew. Ew. Um, Ew, David. Ew, David. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was watching one the other night, and she goes, goodbye, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I was watching the... I was watching... Well, once again, we're sharing uh, Shit's Creek slash New Girl Stories. So I was watching... It made me think of you saying that... I can read, I promise. Um, one of the characters in the show, Nick, was talking, he said, I'm not really sure I can actually read. I just think I've memorized a bunch of words. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's me. Oh no. Um, freaking February. Franklin's trial began on February 16th, 2016. He pled not guilty. Huh? Really? Gonna plead yeah, not guilty? Yeah, he really sucks. <laughs> he I mean... Really? I mean, he sucks. Because he never even gave any... No. Like, details of the crime. You know? Ugh. So, which means there are probably... Who knows how many more victims that we'll never right. know about. Ugh. On May 2nd, the closing arguments comment... 
<laughs> Did I write this? Because <laughs> I would have used commence. You might have yeah. written it, but I don't think you can read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one of the words I memorized. <laughs> Oh no! That wasn't on the no. test! <laughs> Alright. May 2nd, the closing arguments commenced and jury deliberations began May 4th. The next day, Franklin was convicted on all counts. Yay! Yay. His sentencing hearing began May 12th and on June 6th, a jury sentenced... Mm -mm. And on June 6th, a jury sentenced him to death. He spent the rest of his life in San Quentin until his death. Mm -mm. He spent. <laughs> Just keep twirling your hair. He spent the rest of his life in San Quentin until his death last year on March 28th. As far as I could find, his death was still pending autopsy results, but it looks like they are blaming it on COVID. So I don't. I, don't I blame know everything that happened last year on COVID. Everything. Anything bad that happened got blamed on COVID. That's true. So he's dead. Bye. Bye. See you later. Later, losers. All right, guys. So that was our case from August 10th, 1985. Alright, y'all follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Date with Murder. Ba -dum -bum. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're so good at this. Oh no. You touched it. I hope I didn't just wait right here. Love you, okay. miss you. Bye. Amen. Amen. Love you, miss you. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Have some coffee and say bye. Love you, miss you, bye. Love you, miss you, bye. Amen. Amen. Okay, bye. Bye. Are we buying for real? <laughs> <laughs> what? I hear, I hear the bell of doom. <laughs> oh no. <clears throat> There's a penis over here. There's a penis <laughs> over there. Penis, penis everywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? The phone's good. Hold on, let me let this cat out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people repeat what I said back to me because then you I don't hear like it. That. I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't like to hear what I say. You do know what we're sense. doing here, right? <laughs> oh, dang. Get it, girl. Yeah, I got it. it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Whew. Yeah. He was fine. I hit that. Uh, uh, I hit that. Couldn't remember uh, his name, but I hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Could pass him in a crowd. I wouldn't recognize him, but I hit it. <laughs> of this in our episode. <laughs> <laughs>
looking forward to my coffee time tomorrow morning to replay this. God, I'm so excited. My tonsils know karate. I organized my puzzles today. <laughs> <laughs> Your life is so exciting. I know. That makes me so happy. I need a bigger shelf for my puzzles. Oh, no. I know. How many do you have? I didn't count. But I collect the Josephine Wall. There's these Josephine Wall that are like fantasy artwork type ones. I collect those. And then the Thomas Kincaid Disney ones, I collect those. Mm-hmm. Disney villainous, I collect those. And then I have just a kind of a bunch of random ones. You're so adorable. Thank you. I love oh puzzles. God. Oh my god, you're so cute. Thanks. Let's be best friends. Oof. Well, so <laughs> there's this other girl. <laughs> um, but but what? But what though? <laughs> oh, hold on. Nobody wants me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll go eat worms. Oh, I'm hungry. So let me... Talking about eating worms made you hungry? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So yesterday <laughs> when we were cleaning up from dinner, Riley was pretending like she was a restaurant owner. And okay. so she wasn't helping me clean up. So I said, your restaurant is going to close down super quickly because you're going to fail health inspection. So she said, well, it's kind of silly for me to clean up, mom, because they have to open back up at midnight. And I said, why are you opening up at midnight? She said, I have these super rich, famous customers who demanded that I open it at midnight so that I can serve them food. I said, unless they're going to pay you a huge amount of money, don't open it at midnight for them. She said, if I don't open up for them, they said they're going to they're gonna accuse me of a crime I didn't commit. <laughs> <laughs> what? I said, what in the world are you talking about? She said, I'm just telling you what they said, mom. Honey, I have a true crime podcast. I'll take care of it for you, baby. Oh my god! They're gonna accuse me of a crime I didn't commit. No pause, no break. She didn't have to think about what was gonna happen. I love her so much. She's so fabulous. She's so excited to come visit too. Oh my god. Plus her little heart. I know. She's so cute. Um, I mean, they they sell like the short bottoms. Mm. (laughs) Don't do that. People always do that. I say something and then they're just silent. And like they're giving me a chance to try again to say what I'm going to say. But I did it to you first. Except for maybe your mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right no, we need to have that, some kind that, of conversation that we can actually put on the episode oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna do all beeps it'd be us like beep 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 and then just put us laughing and then beep <laughs> beep, beep, beep we're all censored <laughs> beep. <sighs> hey guys i'm kelly <laughs> <laughs> I love when I just busted out in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> Literally oh, in the middle of... 
<laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Joking. <laughs> I thought it was something good. Check behind me. Um, <laughs> for the ghost. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if the ghost was just sit back there with like a cup of tea? It's a store, bitch. <laughs> what you got to say? Oh no. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Kelly. <laughs> and I'm Ashley. <laughs> Hold on. I was trying to throw you off and it didn't work. I was ready this time, bitch. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm like, oh, look, a penis. Where? <laughs> Wait, where? I don't see one. <laughs> this is probably part of the reason why it took the police three years to start linking up these killings and making a connection. The other reason was probably ma because... They what? Sorry, I was I was getting myself riled up. connection. I was getting myself riled up in the middle of the sentence. I don't know. Right. Sorry. Hand on the Bible. It would burn. <laughs> <laughs> Take your headphones off a minute. Do you have? Is there a loud TV on at your house? Yeah, Ryan. I can hear it. Like bad, bad. I don't think so. I think it'll be all right. It was just freaking me out. Sounds like a Pokemon. It does. Got that big desk energy. That was cute. <laughs> that was cute. I like that a lot. You're renting me out to be the friendly person so that you don't have to make friends. I don't know why you're surprised. This has been your role our entire friendship. Oh, that person made eye contact. Let's be friends. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, oh, Lord, don't make don't look up so you don't have to make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Sorry, I got I was zoned out. So when do you have you? Whoa, pick a sentence and go mm -hmm. with it. Have you heard any more? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then Riley was like, "I want to invite friends." So I immediately thought, "Okay, well they can't come to our house because what if their one of their parents is a serial killer?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Immediately. So. <laughs> nope. No serial killers. No serial serial killers not welcome. I'm gonna put that on the birthday invitation. <laughs> <laughs> Please RSVP. Unless you're a serial killer, no thank you. Oh, I don't know how to send it to you, so I'm just going to do like this. How do I live without you? I want to know. How do I? Wait. Breathe. So, no, I was, I moved on to the next thing. Okay. I'm a great wingman. You're not a wingman. You always take the attention. Like, they get distracted by my boobs, and then you talk to them for a minute, and they're like, oh, never mind. We like this one better. Because I'm not very nice. I don't flirt. <laughs> They're like, if we could put her boobs on her personality. <laughs> and her face. Like, just take the boobs off this one and put it on that one. We're good. Holy snap beans. Snap beans and cornbread.